Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We are here again for another Safi Brothers podcast. We welcome our guest, mashallah, an amazing brother from Sydney. Ahmadto, I call him. Uh, we are on Ahmadto uh, relationship now. So I'd just like to welcome him. He's gonna, inshallah, he's going to introduce himself. Bismillah. Welcome to the Safi Brothers podcast. Thank you, Ahmad. Uh, absolute pleasure. And wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for having me and uh, having me on the spot, which is good <laughs> because um, sometimes it helps you don't prepare. It just comes naturally from the heart and then we go. Uh, it comes with some errors and mistakes with that. But anyway, we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, so introducing myself, the name is Ahmad Abu Shabana, Egyptian, born and raised in countryside Saudi Arabia. Um, it's a bit different than anyone else's upbringing, being, uh, you know, not in Riyadh, not in Jeddah or not obviously not in Australia, but... Uh, somewhere a bit remote, uh, somewhere where you don't get involved much in the luxury of things. Uh, so a bit of a humble upbringing, alhamdulillah. And I loved, yeah. I loved it because I got to spend a lot of time with my parents, especially with my dad, you know. So my uh, going out was going to the hospital. He was a doctor. Uh, so me going out was just spending time with him in the hospital, you know, uh, getting to know and what radiology is and all these beautiful things are. Um, How many in the family? Uh, there's three of us. Uh, so myself, I'm the eldest. And then I have a sister who's uh, one and a half years younger than me. Sure. And then I have a beautiful brother, mashallah. He's uh, eight years younger than me. Oh, mashallah. So three of us, myself, Ahmed, my sister, Maha, and my brother, Yusuf. Mashallah. Uh, all my family is still in Egypt. Uh, my sister uh, is married. She has two beautiful girls based in Egypt. And my brother, he actually just made the move last year to Holland. Oh, wow. Uh, and got married. So yes, alhamdulillah. So I'm here in Sydney, Australia. Or there in Sydney, Australia, he's in in Holland, and uh, the rest of the family in Egypt. Alhamdulillah. Married, uh, all married. Alhamdulillah, I'm married, and I have three beautiful boys. Mashallah. I have uh, Nuh, he's 12 years old. Idris is six, and Kinan is almost two. Alhamdulillah. So three boys. Alhamdulillah, full. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have four, so I'm betting you. Right, okay. Well, uh, my wife wants more, and we'll see how that goes. Inshallah. And obviously, wanting girls, but uh, we'll yeah, see. So that, far, it's, it's always Alhamdulillah. Whatever can, Allah gives, we're ready. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. It's a blessing. Yes. Amen. Allah, beautiful. Mashallah. Thank you for the intro. Uh, I'd love you to take us through your journey. You know, uh, in regards to where you've been and where you're at today, and, and Subhanallah, how how, how that. Know your success story, inshallah, and how it took you, you know, that roller coaster ride. I'd love to hear about it. So, my, um, if I can start my journey and where actually I go to the point where I actually had a genuine input or in influence in, in making a decision that affects my life. And that was me choosing a uni, choosing which university to go to. So, finished my time in Saudi, moved to, with, the, with the family to Egypt. And then it was time to choose a uni. And obviously, I've mentioned before my dad being a doctor, so and being Egyptian, <laughs> so the expectation was to continue the family legacy and be a doctor or at least a dentist or a, or a pharmacist <laughs> uh, in the medical field. 100%. It has to be. It has, it has to be. be. Yes. Dad is a doctor. Mom is a biochemist. So oh, wow. uh, expectation. Yeah. Uh, I disappointed them uh, big time because uh, my focus back then, Subhanallah, was just looking at my family and looking at, at many other sort of friends who are a bit older than me, and how they get stuck with their choice of university degree. Uh, being a doctor from Egypt, you can only be a doctor in Egypt. Uh, if you want to be a doctor in other countries, you need to go and do further exams and qualifications, etc., etc., etc. So I wanted something that would give me, would broaden my opportunities. Something that will just, uh, how can I say, just something that you know that does not have any 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 locks or limits. So I did a bit of uh, exploration and I found a degree in Egypt. Uh, it was basically a business degree, but it was in English. So in Egypt, it's not something common because most of the degrees are taught in Arabic. Yes. Wow. So this was a business degree in English. 
And I just, you know, that's it. My parents were obviously a bit shocked in the beginning, and I just took them through the journey of why, you know, like, this is, just, this is what I feel like. How old uh, were you then? Uh, 18, 17, sure. 18, yeah. So it's a just, tough sell. It wasn't an easy one. And again, when you have many of my uncles and aunties and family, I, I know how it is in Egypt. You're either a doctor or an engineer. Doctor or engineer or a failure. So I, 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 was, a, I was a failure. Um, SubhanAllah, isn't that amazing? And I'll come to it later on, but till I think the last year, my family was always like disappointed, you know, like, oh, okay, now, okay, now we can see why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but the key focus for me, again, was having that sort of freedom of choice, the ability to be able to be a global citizen. I can take whatever I will study and apply it in different industries or even countries. That was my focus, subhanAllah, back then. So subhanAllah, that, uh, that went not as well as they were expecting or I was expecting, but finally managed to get it there and I started my degree. Um, the other point of, of, of choice or decision-making was I went to study my degree. Egypt well, now is 110 million people. Back then it was still crowded, not 100, but still in the, in the tens of the millions. So how can I differentiate myself from all these other uh, students who are doing the same degree? Just in my uni, there was 2,000 people doing that degree. And that's just one uni out of many other unis. So how can I differentiate myself from the others? And that was my key focus. I don't want to wait till I graduate to start differentiating. And also another opportunity back then was, alhamdulillah, I'm living at the comfort of my family, so I don't have any financial pressures yet, so I can try things. And if it doesn't work out, I can just stop it. So um, called the, you know an uncle of mine, or a cousin actually of mine, and he works in a bank. Hey, Bassam, can I get uh, you know like a job, an intern? Don't worry about the money, I just want to learn. So alhamdulillah, my first job was my summer holidays working as an intern in a bank. Oh, and I hated it. And alhamdulillah that I've tried it early on. So I can be like, yep, not, not for me. <laughs> not I'm not doing banking. So that, okay, so that was sort of year one um, of decision. Then second year, something similar as well. Like, all right, done banking, not for me. What else? Let's do uh, something different. Called another cousin of mine. He works in a big company in the retail grocery space. Got a sales job. I loved it. It was beautiful. On a man on a van, you go in, you have some products to sell, etc. But there was always something, you know, like pushing me inside more. I want to do something different more. I want to differentiate myself. What else? I want to go on a different level. And subhanAllah, that's where travel came to mind. I was like, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm going out of this country. I'm doing something wow. completely different. Wow. The year was uh, 2004 and I was 19 years old. Um, so I started, you know what? I have a friend of mine in Canada. I'll give him a call. See if I can, you know, like just if I go there, would I be able to find a job or something to do? I call him and he's like, no, man, it's freezing cold here. There's no work right now. Worst time of the year. I'm like, all right, okay, fair enough. Uh, US was still obviously a big whole thing. The 9-11 was not that far yes, away. Yes. So like, all right, maybe not. The doors won't uh, happen at all. Uh, yeah, so, um, and then subhanAllah, my, one of my neighbors, uh, he came to me. He's like, hey, I hear you want to travel. And I was like, yes. And he's like, how about Australia? And I was like, why? He's Australia. Where's like, <laughs> that place? <laughs> you know how people how people make fun of Egyptians, like, oh, all of Egypt is pyramids and camels and deserts. Yeah. All what we knew of Australia is kangaroos and opera house. <laughs> That's it, exactly. That's so so it, everyone knows. The perspective, subhanAllah. So I was like, okay. Um, he said, oh, a friend of his went a couple of years ago and he liked it. I was like, all right, let's go. Allah we God. went to the embassy, applied for a visa. The guy over there was asking us, why do you want to go? He's like, look, summer holiday, try something different, go for a couple of months and come back. It's like, okay. And then we left. We had no idea what was it. They didn't tell us yes or no on the spot. We left our passports and we just went back. Uh, continued what oh, we were no, doing. Wow. A month later, we get in the mail our passports with visas in them. Wow. I wow. called him. His name is Wael. I was like, Wael, what, 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 is that a visa? Like, what, what, what do we do? And he's like, we go. 
So subhanAllah, I borrowed some money from my dad, booked tickets, and, uh, and arrived in the country. The funny thing is we have planned as far as getting to the airport, and that was it. <laughs> and we knew no one here. So where wow. am I? Where was 20? I was 19. Wow. The two of us arrived in Sydney Airport. Finished customs, finished everything. We're standing outside of the airport looking at each other. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> like, Kemba, here we go. We've, we've achieved our goal. That's it. <laughs> we are right. Let's go back. <laughs> we made it. Subhanallah. So, yeah, the year was 2004. Uh, arrived in Sydney. We left in summertime, Egyptian time, Egyptian summer, which is winter here in Australia. Yes. So, we arrived here sort of June, July. Uh, so, obviously, the, the weather was not as we were expecting. But then we're outside the airport and then someone just comes to us and you guys look lost. And I was like, yes. And like, do you want to go to the city? And I was like, sure. You know, to the hostel? Like, why not? $11 each? Like, that sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> he took us and he dropped us off in, a, in, a, in front of a hostel, uh, a backpackers in the middle of the city in Sydney, in wow. Surrey Hills. Just left. Went in there, well, and I, and it's like, we, we want the cheapest room you guys have. <laughs> they gave us what's shared accommodation. Be. It sh- well, they gave us a room just for the two of us, but that oh, room wow. used to be used to be a gar- the garage of the place. <laughs> wow. uh, there's so many stories, I'm not going to bore you with it, but subhanAllah, we go in, and subhanAllah, the two of us were just depressed. Straight away, we just got into that room, the, the weather, the rain, the nonstop rain of Sydney when it rains, it just rains, subhanAllah, and it's like, why are we doing this? It just hit us, you know, like all this time, you have all this excitement building, 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 and then you just come in there and then realize, you know no one, you have no idea what oh, is happening. Wow. You're in a place that's completely different. We were both 19 and 20. It was our first, my first real, like his first travel altogether. And my first real travel outside of going with my family to Saudi. Um, so subhanAllah, it took us three days of being just being depressed. Wow. Uh, and then we just like, you know what? We need to get out of this. Let's shake it off. Let's go out. And let's only talk to each other in English. So we don't alienate anyone or stop anyone from talking to us. And I just friend everyone, you know, and, and talk to with everyone who is in the hostel and backpacker. So we start to get to know people, talk to them, etc. And then he's like, you know what? We need to get a job. We're not here for, we, I'm not coming from, uh, alhamdulillah, you know, alhamdulillah, we have a beautiful family, but not coming from money or anything that we're just coming here for a holiday. No, we're coming mm. here to work, get some get, cash get and get uh, some growth, pay the bills and get some growth and, and, and go back. Uh, we're only here for the summer holiday because my plan was I'm back to finish my degree. Subhanallah. So, um. We got a map of the city and I said, all right, every day we'll take a street in Sydney and we'll just knock every door and look for jobs. Um, what, was, in, what industries? Just anything? Anything. 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 I don't know. We had this, again, we're watching too much American movies. <laughs> uh, you, you see this whole like uh, job wanted here, help there. You, this is the expectation we had in mind, you know, like, you know, just go. We're in the sign. Walk up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming to America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't see that uh, but we still knocked every door if there's a cafe if there is a garage if there is whatever it is uh, and I remember subhanAllah walking in George Street in Sydney and then we just we found a big government building and we saw a garage full of cars it's like you know what that's the, that's it we go to the security in the garage it's like who cleans the cars and the guy just looked at us weirdly in Egypt there's someone be looking after cleaning the cars for people and stuff like that and he's like people clean their own cars but this is a government building, and there is a contractor who cleans the actual building. Here is his number. Give him a call. Next day, vacuum cleaners on our on our backs, and we were vacuuming the thing. Subhanallah. Made sixty dollars. So excited. Very happy. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> the it, first sixty dollars. It, it was it was actually the first money I've earned because the jobs I did in Egypt were all internships, free of oh, anything. So this is the first Rabbi. money I've earned. Subhanallah. Uh, and also, and then okay, morale up. We're excited. We're happy now. And let's let's keep doing this. So. Um, 
we didn't get a call to come back. <laughs> I don't think we did a good job, but uh, I was still happy. Um, we found another ad in, in the papers for helpers at car wash. We went to a car wash place for washing cars. We also didn't get, didn't get a call back, but that's fine. <laughs> we're learning, we're, we're trying different things. And then subhanAllah, by that time, we got to know everyone in the backpackers place. We got to know everyone, literally everyone. We just became friends with everyone. Everyone was so excited about these exotic guys who never cooked a meal in their lives. They have no idea how to cook some <laughs> pasta or rice or make a cup of tea. Subhanallah. Uh, so subhanAllah, like, everyone was coming and helping. Like, you know, it's dinner time, they all come and teach us how to cook, how to do this, how to make that. And we genuinely became friends with everyone in the place. Um, long story short, one night, a couple came in and they wanted to stay in the place. And uh, the guys at the reception have left. Uh, I knew the place quite well by then, and I knew there was a room that was empty and open. Uh, I told them the rates, and I checked them in. <laughs> the following morning, the manager comes in and like, what the, what have you done? I was like, look, they look genuine, bags and tags, and they were tired, and I told them about the place and the rates, and uh, they said yes. He went in and spoke with them. They paid for, they paid him, and he's like, you're hired. Subhanallah. Uh, subhanallah. I don't know why, but I told him, look, on one condition, he need to hire my friend as well. So the next thing, he, he fired the two guys and he hired both of us. <laughs> and the next thing, we're running the place. Oh, wow. Well, subhanallah, yes. So running the place and earning some uh, some some good cash, $1,100 a week and free rent. And we got upgraded from the uh, garage room, <laughs> to the room to deluxe room. <laughs> to deluxe, well, not the uh, better room, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So anyway, um, long story short, that was sort of the beginning of a whole new different experience and uh, earning money. And the best feeling, like, again, I was only there for, you know, I didn't break any visas or anything. I finished, I stayed there for a month or two, finished, went back home to Egypt. And the best moment in my life, and I always remember it, is giving dad back his money. Wow. Mm. Thank you, dad. Here is the money I took from you for my trip. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. That feeling, it was an amazing feeling of empowerment. Like, you feel empowered. You know what? I've earned money. Here you go. Uh, that's yeah. it. I've become a man. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, I've exactly. become a man. That's yes. it. I become yeah. a man. And well, obviously, I didn't realize, that, oh, okay, well, I still have another year. Another <laughs> <laughs> back. <laughs> hey, Dad, but but, but that, that feeling was, was amazing, alhamdulillah. And then finished my another year of uni. And then I actually traveled again to Australia. And then that second time in 2005, it was 12 of us. Wow. Well, everyone was talking about this guy who went to Australia, made some money, came back with an iPod, digital camera, and we're all talking about <laughs> our small community of friends and stuff. So next yeah, thing, there was 12 of us at Sydney Airport. Uh, obviously, 12 boys coming in age between 20, 22. We had a special uh, welcome <laughs> welcome party. Wow. We landed, and no, no word of a lie, they had... Customs were waiting for us, and they had one uh, one officer per person and one actual lane. So they had wow. special thing for us, and they checked. They almost almost strip searched us. And wow. They came to me. He's like, "Well, Ahmad, you're the leader of this group." And I was like, "I'm no leader." And he's <laughs> like, "Well, you're the only one who's been here before." Oh wow! What are you guys coming to do? Your, your friend didn't come. No. So yes, my friend has finished his uni and he couldn't come anymore. So oh, it was wow. yeah, it was all of us, twelve of us. We came in two batches, eight and four, and eight of us coming together. Aged 20, 22, all boys. So, yeah, I can, I, 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 if I look at it from their perspective, yes, we, 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 <laughs> we, we <laughs> were suspicious. <laughs> uh, subhanAllah. But yeah, I told them, look, we're here genuinely, backpackers and holiday and stuff. SubhanAllah. Long story short, we, we managed to get out and um, the hotel had different management. So, like, okay, khair, we couldn't get the same job back, but that's fine. Kept looking for work everywhere. And then, subhanAllah, we got a job for all of us in the farms. So we traveled from Sydney to Melbourne, Melbourne to Adelaide, Adelaide to Swan Hill, Swan Hill to Naya, Naya to Naya West. 
Wow. And we stayed in Naya West for two months. Uh, obviously, it was winter time, so we were digging and preparing the farm, and the irriga- irrigation, uh, planting seeds. It was a stone fruit farm. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. It's a whole different experience. We did as well back then. But uh, again, it was a beautiful thing. Alhamdulillah, was uh, eight of us together working in the farms every single day. A uh, whole different experience. Subhanallah. You know how amazing. travel sh- shapes travel, you. Travel, it, it travel. Is. It's, it's the best education ever. Went back to Egypt, alhamdulillah, after these beautiful months, finished my degree and started working. And I will never remember, never forget in every interview, I put all of this stuff on my CV. I was like, I'm going to put this stuff on my CV and I'm going to actually go and, and show it to the people. And some of my friends were like, why are you putting this? It's not actual work. You cannot put you working on a farm. You cannot put you working in a, in a backpacker. They're like, no, you can. There's a lot of skills people will see and also Australia and stuff. And subhanAllah, every interview I would go for, they would just leave everything and ask about my Australian experience. Tell us about working in the hotel. Tell us about the farm. SubhanAllah. And, and they could see, back to your point, about how travel shapes you. Yes. And also how the, all the skills you get, the independence, doing these things on your own, the risk yes. you're taking. There's a lot of skills that you 100%. gain from such things. Yeah. SubhanAllah. It's, it's a float what, What's his name? One of those uh, 3AW. What's his name? He yeah. said He said on, on 3AW, I remember he was saying, they asked him if he had his kids in private school. And he said, I refuse to take them to private school. I save that money and send them on a trip every year. He said the, ima- the, the amount oh, of knowledge yes. to be gained 100%. from a travel trip is phenomenal. I tell everyone, uh, if you have an ability to travel or even spend a couple of years overseas somewhere, go for it. The skills you learn, the abilities, the knowledge, all these different things, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanAllah. It's, uh, it's endless. Uh, but yes, alhamdulillah. Mashallah, what a journey. Everything has to a bit of a, a bit of a change. So back to Egypt, finish my degree. Uh, alhamdulillah, I didn't get selected to join the army, which is a whole different story. <laughs> We're going to get into it. But uh, anyway, um, I started working in, in sales and marketing. Alhamdulillah, I managed to get a good job. I was very happy with can it. I, can I just go back? So yes. to go yeah, in. no, go back. Uh, you know, obviously young men coming to Australia, you know, from a, a Muslim, you know, strict, you know, family environment yes. where, you know, you, you can't get a hotel if you haven't got your wife's passport. <laughs> yes. To coming to a Western country and, uh, you know, freedom, <laughs> freedom from all aspects, of, you know. Yeah. How was that journey? How was that journey for you? Uh, was, coming, uh, you know, as a Muslim and... and look, it's uh, obviously, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, and I always uh, thank my parents how they've done this, whether it's directly or indirectly, or their the, the dua and prayers for us. What they've managed to do is, 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 is a lot of grounding and setting some sort of red lines for us, whether they are with us or not. And that's the key thing, because obviously coming from a place where it's not, again, obviously you can do wrong things anywhere. You 100%. Can, but it's yeah. definitely much easier here in Australia than it is in Egypt. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, and also a lot of the things, back to your point, where eye-openers, something is a bit different. Uh, I will never forget, we were staying in Surrey Hills, as I mentioned before, and uh, walking from where we are was Oxford Street. Like, <laughs> oh, look at the beautiful rainbows, all these flags and everything. So that was a whole new thing for us. I've never seen this before. Well, um, so all these different, so a lot of different uh, world I guess yes. that we only could see glimpses of it in movies and, and, and TV shows here and there. And next thing is having that choice, a genuine choice. You know, where we are, where I was staying in Surrey Hills, I was in a backpacker's place. Opposite me was a brothel. On my left side was a bar. Right side was a mosque. Wow. The choice is yours. All three were there. So you can choose what, what do you want to do. Yeah, and subhanAllah, and, uh, having that choice is something different. You know, yes. having, and again, it's back to the whole empowering thing is that you now have the freedom of making a choice. What do you want to do? You want to go to the mosque or you want to go elsewhere? Yeah. So subhanAllah, that's that's where I genuinely felt, you know what? I actually have a choice of what I'm doing because in Egypt, you're part of the, 
you go with the flow. There you go. You know, yes, like there's, yes, the yes. mosque is underneath the building. You hear the adhan. You just go downstairs. You pray. Yes, yes. Everyone is praying. Everyone is fasting. Everyone is doing this. So you just go with the yes, flow. Yes, you're practicing, but you don't have that mindfulness when you practice yes, your religion. Yeah. And that's what I can find here more. No, here I have, have a choice to make. And here I feel like, you know what? No, I'm making the effort as well. Going mm. to a mosque is not as, as easy. Uh, you know, praying is not as easy. Uh, being in a backpacker's place, I was 19 years old. It's a mixed environment. There's girls, there's boys, everyone from everywhere, yeah. you know? So having that, no, I have red lines. I don't cross this, uh, you know, like, no. So for me, alhamdulillah, so back to your point about practicing, I felt more empowered to practice my religion, Allah. but I can also see other people going the other way. Yeah. So for me, and now having three boys, I'm focusing on putting that grounding, is putting yeah. this sort of embedding in them that faith. So whether I'm with them or not, they make the right, they make the right choice. Obviously yeah. at the end of it, like, you know, you make, you make dua and you pray that. Yeah. Subhan- Subhanallah, my Arabic teacher, uh, on that touch, uh, touch subject, um, my Arabic teacher, he's, he's from Syria. And sure. we, I was learning for about two years, I think. Yeah. And um, a situation, he used to give me homework every, 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 every time I did my classes. And that particular time, he didn't come with homework, you know, photos and drawings. And I was excited, you know, I'm learning Arabic. Mm. Uh, he said, oh, I didn't get the chance. And I said, but you, you work in an Islamic school. Why didn't you photocopy? And he said to me, are you serious? You want me to be questioned on the day of judgment for photocopying something that's not for school purposes? And I'm like... I'm like, are you serious? Are you going that far to dissect a piece of paper? At that time, I was working for a Western company. Yeah. And I used to use their staple on their phones. I didn't have that consciousness of, 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 of his groundness. And I'm started to cry. And I'm like, what hope have I got with all my past sins compared to a bloke like this? And he's like, why are you crying? And I told him. I said, what hope do I have? And he starts crying. I'm going, what are you crying for? He said, I didn't have to give anything up. He said, I went with the flow. He mm-hmm. said, you've had to give certain things up for, the, for Allah's sake. Allah. He goes, if Allah tested me with something that I could probably not bear, who knows where I'd be? And I, I, I started crying. So we both hugged each other and said, inshallah, we both go to Jannah. But just different perspectives, like you said, so. when you give something up and you have the choice to choose, it's, yeah. it's, it weighs really heavy 100%. in front of Allah yeah. subhanahu wa ta'ala than, than just going with the flow and not knowing. SubhanAllah, that actually reminded me of something happened the second trip in 2005. So I came that time again and, you know, we were, I guess, trying to explore other things, again, within within boundaries. But then one day I go to the mosque again, uh, the Sari Hills Mosque, and I go there to pray. I remember very well, I was going there to pray Asr. I finished praying and I was like, you know, I'm going to pray and leave straight away. But I went in, I was in the first row, finished the prayer. There were still some people catching up and, pl- and praying. Like, okay, khair, I'll just sit down and do some zikr. And then someone comes to me, like, assalamu alaikum, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Egypt. Oh, we have Islam here from Egypt. And I was like, okay, Islam, talk to this brother. Sitting down talking with Islam. Islam uh, is Egyptian brother. He's a pharmacist, works in uh, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. I'm not sure. I think Dubai. Wow. And he was coming to Australia. Uh, and he was telling me his story. He was like, yeah, I'm here to do khuruj. And I was like, what is khuruj? <laughs> uh, being from Egypt, we don't know anything about the uh, other, other sects. Other, yeah. other ways. Other ways. Other, ways. other, than, az- other than Azhar. <laughs> being Muslim, there's a one way. One way only and that's it. So we don't know. Even though there's a big, you know, big, uh, you know, tabligh group yes. and everything in Egypt. But obviously he didn't know then. Long story short, he was telling me that he's here to do his khuruj, which is basically he dedicated his annual leave of 40 days to come and spend them in Australia. Subhanallah. And what was even more fascinating is his focus was actually doing da'wah to Muslims. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I can't comprehend. I, it's, it's not, I, I can't understand what you're saying to me. You are telling me that you who have a family, 
you have decided to, you know, collect and accumulate all of your leave and then take it all to come to Australia without your family so you can focus on giving da'wah to Muslims <laughs> to be better Muslims. I cannot understand. And he, subhanAllah, again, he was telling me, you know what? You have, you have anything to do today? He's like, no. He's like, yalla, come join me. So subhanAllah, I joined him for the day. So I went with them, again, go with the flow in a different way. It's like, you know what, let's do it. And this is, I guess, one of the key things, which I guess, you know, in all of my life, if there's an opportunity, I'll take it. We'll just yeah. say yes and, and see how it goes. Yeah. SubhanAllah, we talk about that with everyone. Yeah. They mentioned, <laughs> we call it the 5G, having your your, your receptors yes, open. always. You know, yeah. to where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually taking you and where, where, where you should be your calling, you know. A lot of people miss out on those things. 100%, I couldn't agree more. I believe everyone in life will get these callings, whether it's from a religious perspective or a business or opportunity. Oh, you, you're always going to get these opportunities coming your way. And it's up to you whether you take it or not. Which even worse, whether you actually are aware of it or not. Yes, it's the awareness. If there's no awareness, it passes you by. Exactly, you don't even know that there was an mm. opportunity. Subhanallah. So yes, uh, and he told me, come and spend the day with me, and then going and with the local imam and and understanding from the imam. All right, here is where the Muslims are. Here is where they're they're some of them living, some businesses, and knocking on them and knocking on the doors. And all what he was doing was very simple. Come join us for a meal. Let's sit down. Let's have a chat. Let's talk about it. I'm just here to remind you about being you know, about Islam and Muslims. And subhanAllah, that having that day with him, I still remember him till now. I have no idea where he is. I never met him, never never spoke with him afterwards. SubhanAllah, it was just that one day with him. Uh, and we actually spent the night together in the Sari Hill Mosque. So they were all staying in the mosque there, and I spent the night with them. But subhanAllah, that one day and one night, just again back to your point about choice. He was someone who made a choice that he's going to, it's a big sacrifice yes. when you're working overseas or whatever it is that you're going to take all of this time and just your focus is going somewhere completely different and remote just to remind other people of being better Muslims. Allah, Allah, so subhanAllah, there's something still coming. I'm talking 2005. Wow. So see how many years has that was. SubhanAllah, man. SubhanAllah. Allah, 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 awesome, awesome. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So, so you left Australia then? I left Australia in 2005, went back to Egypt, finished my degree, started working in Egypt. Then I got an opportunity in Saudi Arabia. So I went to Saudi, uh, not countryside Saudi anymore. This one was, uh, was in Jeddah. So I went and... Uh, what did you do in Jeddah? Uh, so I started working, uh, well, I was working in sales and marketing in the company in Egypt. And then these guys from Saudi came and interviewed me for a sales and marketing role. I went to Saudi, sat, sat down with the general manager, and I don't know what he saw in me or what the, he's just like, you know what, I see something with you. I'll give you three opportunities. We have three vacancies. You choose which one you want to do. I have wow. two of them in sales and marketing and one in logistics. That company was and still is the biggest importer and distributor of fresh food and vegetables and meat and poultry at the time. Uh, they import everything to Saudi, distribute in the Middle East. Wow. So wow. I said, you know what? I've done sales and marketing before. I haven't done logistics. And by the sound of what you're saying to me, logistics is the key of your business and your operation. You know, so I want to understand that. So mm. logistics, please. So subhanAllah, wow. I went to Saudi for sales and marketing role. Next thing I'm doing a logistics thing. Wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Uh, nothing to do with my education, by the way. But just again, back to the whole opportunity thing. You saw something, bismillah, I'll take it. Mm. So I took the logistics role and it was an amazing opportunity. Learning, understanding the different dynamics what can you store where, the shipping, the logistics, the outbound, the inbound, distribution, all these beautiful things. Loved it, alhamdulillah. I did it for a year. And then again, the uh, head of procurement at the time, uh, you know, he came to me and was like, hey, Ahmed, by the way, I'm leaving the company and I would like to nominate you for my role. And I was Allah, like, oh, that's no, very no. kind of you. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Um, so we go to the management and we say, look, uh, Ahmed is leaving. His name is Ahmed as well. And um, <laughs> he's recommending me for the role. Um, I'll, uh, I'll be humbled and I'll love to. And so he said, you know what? 
We're not sure, but we'll try. We'll put you on like a three-month trial and see how it goes. Alhamdulillah. Next month, I was already on travel, uh, going, understanding, meeting suppliers. And that was my entry into procurement. Wow. So, um, Alhamdulillah, from sales and marketing to logistics to procurement. And I love procurement. Yeah, because it's because you're a people's I mean, person, obviously. I'm a people's person, and, uh, but also the control that comes with it. Because being a procurement, you're not selling, you're buying. Yeah, you're so buying. you control the budgets. Uh, working in a company, Alhamdulillah, Sharbatli, you know, it's a very, very big and well-respected company in, in the field in Saudi. So calling wow. hey, Ahmed from Sharbatli, there's a lot of power comes with it. But then what was even bigger? I went to, I never forget this. I went to Muhammad Sharbatli, the owner of the company. And I was telling him, I need some guidance and blah, blah, blah. He said, look, Ahmed, I trust you. You're an honest man. You go for it. You you make the decision that you believe is right. So that's another empowerment. Oh, and just for perspective, I was 22 years old. Wow. So it's quite young. That's and then I'm managing a big multi-million dollar budget. And that trust is happening. Alhamdulillah, there's a lot of guidance, obviously, from the team. And I would go and always work with others. But then just out of everywhere and everything, I was doing that. Wow. Um, but then came, obviously, something else. So at that time, when I took that role, I started reporting directly to the family. So, you know, it's privately owned business. Uh, and I was Ashallah. reporting directly to the father and his sons. He has three sons. I got to know them quite well. And then a whole world of luxury opened to me. Uh, like, I'm talking complete extreme. And then, subhanAllah, that came at, at a young age of 22, 23. Mm. Um and I became arrogant. The dunya. The dunya. Yes. Dunya. I, I, I had no exaggeration. I had access to anything I wanted. Material. Anything material I wanted was there. Um, oh. You know, like I'm anything. So subhanAllah. Um, and I enjoyed it in the beginning. Obviously, <laughs> you see that and, you know, suddenly well, like when a door opens to you and then you, you peek, you take a look and you're like, okay, no, there's more. There's more. <laughs> and then when you go and you realize, do whatever you want. SubhanAllah. Um, so uh, well, I went into a very dangerous path, you know, like I was enjoying obviously the role and the, and the learning of the work itself. But what I was enjoying more was that all this material life. Um, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So, uh, yeah, I became a bad person. <laughs> I hated myself then. And I was uh, I was married at the time, uh, actually to an Australian uh, lady. So bit of a back step, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got married to an Australian. That's a big spot. We need to go back. Rewind. Rewind. Uh, following my beautiful trips to Australia, I kept in touch with, with, with you know, with, with a lovely Australian lady uh, who, uh, who was a convert. Wow. I, knew her, I knew her as a convert, so I, I didn't get the, uh, the, the rewards, unfortunately. But uh, we kept in touch. And then in 2008, I came to Australia and uh, we got married. But I was working in Saudi. I said, hey, by the way, I have a job in Saudi. Why not come and let's explore this first instead of living in Australia? Subhanallah. So that's another person, Dr. Awad. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Dr. Awad was in England. He came down here. Subhanallah so met his wife. Another thing. Subhanallah so took her back with him, then came back. Hello, Akbar. Hello, Akbar. Hello, So she's Australian, uh, real Australian. Like father is Irish, mother is Italian. So uh, wow. yeah, white as, the, as they come. <laughs> uh, and then comes this you Egyptian. You took a kangaroo with you. <laughs> but then comes this Egyptian man who's taking her to Saudi Arabia. Wow. And, uh, and they were like, why? Just stay here. And I was like, no, I have a good job in Saudi. Why would I do this? You know, I have a good job, good gig. We can do Hajj, we can do Umrah, all these beautiful things. Uh, she was Muslim, but her family yeah, wasn't. So they didn't have a bit of a... 
tough situation. So, when we got married, some of the family and friend were giving her money in US dollars in case she needs to run back, <laughs> in case she needs to run away. Hijacked. The American dollar. If he's kidnapping you or anything, just. The American, <laughs> American dollar will get you out of trouble. <laughs> Uncle Sam will. Uh, <laughs> Subhanallah. 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 Um, but yes, so. Uh, I didn't mention it. I should have done that. But uh, yes, so uh, my wife and I, we moved to Saudi. Uh, well, I was already working and living in Saudi for a year, came here, got married, then went back to Saudi. And Allah, isn't that amazing? And then, uh, alhamdulillah, we did uh, many, many umrahs together, hajj as well, alhamdulillah. Oh, and uh, it's something people don't understand. I, I keep telling them, you know how like took me, what, an hour and a half to come to you? I, think, I don't know if, where I was yeah, in Melbourne. So yeah. It took me, it used to take me half an hour to drive from Jeddah to Mecca. Subhanallah. Like my oh, friends and I, like my, na- like my neighbors where we were living, like, yeah, let's go and whether we do Umrah, sometimes, no exaggeration, we just go in, pray Maghrib and Haram, do Tawaf, pray Ashan, come back. Allahu Akbar. We would just go park the cars. Uh, like, subhanAllah, I lived there. What an army. I lived there in total, alhamdulillah, for four years in Jeddah. Uh, and oh. Jeddah to Mecca is an 80-kilometer trip. Yes. Uh, it's a uh, half an hour drive. Yeah. And we would park the car underneath the Haram back then. And things are different now. We just park the car underneath the Haram or next to the Haram. And we just go, we pray. We'll do whatever we want to do and just come back. For the four years, I have not been once to a barber shop. I used to have hair back then. Don't look, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just from all the umbras. You do umbra, you Ay, shave, umbra and shave. So, Allah, Allah. Allah. so it was a whole blessing. And that was part of the grounding as well. That was sort of like, you know, from one side, uh, I'm working, I'm exposed to all these material things. I'm becoming very arrogant. But there's a bit of a grounding happening here. So it's still something Allah. that my family, alhamdulillah, my parents instilled yeah, holding in Holding on to the rope. Yes, holding on to the rope. And then... It came to a point where my close friends and my wife as well, they were telling me at the time, like, Ahmed, you're not, you've changed. Wow. You've changed, uh, and not in a good way. Uh, and I kept obviously denying it in the beginning. No, 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 I'm the same person. No, and then like, actually, no, I have changed. You know, like I became very arrogant at a young age. Um, and subhanAllah, like, I think what, uh, you know, like sometimes you need a bit of an intervention. And that was that, you know, like uh, my wife is like, at the time, it's like, that's it. I cannot stay in this relationship anymore, you know. Subhanallah, wow. that was one of the wake-up calls. Like, okay, wow, that bad. Um, just became very arrogant, you know. Like when, oh. when, when, when the when the owners of the company or one of the sons tells me this country is yours, do whatever you want to do in it. That's Love exactly that. what he said to me. Just do whatever you want, you know. Like it just wow. <laughs> it's the ego, Subhanallah. Yeah, the ego. It's, 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 it eats us. The power. It does. Subhanallah. The, the ego, the power, uh, materialistic stuff at a young age. Just a very bad mix. Especially oh, at 22, wow. right? Not many, yeah. not many of us at 22 when we have the power and the position to be able to control yeah. that, you know, yes. that nafs that's still... 100%. 100%. You know, Allah Akbar, man. So, uh, what a test. I made a call uh, sort of a couple of weeks after that, actually leaving Saudi altogether. And everyone, no, no, no exaggeration, everyone was telling me, why? Are you crazy? Why are you leaving this place? The owners of the company, like Ahmed, were family. He was telling me, look, you're like my fourth son. Just stay here. Um, my friends, my family in Egypt, everyone was like, are you crazy? I was like, no, 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 I just need to make this move. So, Paolo, I got an oh, offer wow. to go to Kuwait, and I took it. Uh, we moved to Kuwait, and uh, Allah, that didn't last long. We stayed there for six, seven months and jumped on a plane and moved to Australia in Christmas 2011. Wow. At that time, it was... Uh, just just as touch base, yes. you're in the holiest land yes. being tested. Yeah, and some people, like, you know, we speak to, like, so many friends of mine... You know, even when we were growing up, we were like idolizing to live in Saudi yes. and, and seek knowledge. And yes. But subhanAllah, it just shows you that the tests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be anywhere. It doesn't matter where it is. 
doesn't matter where, you know, and, and I think it's very important because everyone thinks that doesn't matter where you are, you know, being in the holiest land, yeah. there's no test. Of course, it's everywhere. I believe it's the biggest of tests being there. And then back to the whole point of choice, you have even more choice. And then adding another aspect to it and being, there is some sort of an invitation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not everyone gets invited to the haram. Yes. Not, not, not everyone. Yes, yes. Yeah. And subhanAllah, I was talking with a friend of mine literally two days ago, and he was telling me, uh, alhamdulillah, I did Umrah with him last year. And it was the first time I met him. So he was going to Saudi Arabia for the first time in Jeddah, and he wanted to do Umrah for the first time. Never done Umrah before. Uh, and he, he he's a common friend. I have someone, you know, like he was telling me about this guy, Ahmad, if you can meet him and go and do Umrah with him. Uh, and our meeting point was his hotel in, in like his hotel room in Mecca. SubhanAllah. And that guy, he sent that invitation to three other people. So myself and two other people, sorry. So all three of us got the same invitation to meet him in Mecca and do Umrah together. Wow. I did. The other two didn't. And the other two were in Saudi and they were Allah in Jeddah. Allah. So it's not that they were not there. Wow. SubhanAllah, it's not about where you are. You know, like and there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy, I actually meet with him every time I go to Mecca. And he comes and meets with me in front of the haram at, at a hotel. But he has not stepped foot in the haram for the last two, three years. Wow. So it's, it's you know, a lot of, so back to your point, no, just being in Saudi is not enough. Uh, being mm. in Saudi is not mean you're not getting tested. You're getting tested more and more. And the fact, you know, like if you look at it, the fact that it is there, well, what are you doing about it? Are you making the effort of actually going there mm -hmm. and, and taking every opportunity? SubhanAllah, I left Saudi in 2011 and I haven't been till last year. So from 2011 till 2022. Wow. So all that time and SubhanAllah, the amount of nights I would just cry and pray and just there is there's an addiction, a beautiful addiction, which is going doing Umrah, seeing oh, yeah, the house 100%. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is a different addiction. Uh, right. And once your heart is filled with that, you will always want to go for more amen, and more amen, and more. And it's never enough. Amen. 100%. Uh, so we've been both been blessed to get Hajj. Ahmed went twice. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> well, I was lucky. Alhamdulillah. I was living in Jeddah, so I did Hajj three times in a row. Allah. <laughs> just, just jump in a car and go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the blessings of Allah. SubhanAllah. It's amazing. I remember when we did Hajj, um, a story went viral <laughs> to that times because there was no internet or Facebook. But at the time, we were doing janazah, mm -hmm. and that prayer was delayed a lot. Our, our, our duhr prayer was delayed, and everyone was like, what's going on? And then we after, after 15, 20 minutes, they, we prayed duhr, and the rumor went around that a store man that owned five shops in surrounding in Mecca uh, was his janazah. Mm. But every time they tried to take him into the haram, the, the first day they were carrying him, the people at the front would go on their knees, would not allow him to go into the haram. So then that sheikh came and he said to him, put him on a trolley. They tried to roll him in, the, the, the wheels fell off. Ya Allah. And they said, okay, we've got to delay this janazah until we meet his family. And the story comes back that he's been living there over 28 years, has never entered the haram. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not allow him to enter the haram in his janazah. Ya Allah. It was an amazing Allah. story that, that went amazing? viral at the time because we were doing hajj. It's about the invitation. The house of Allah is there. Allah and Allah. right now as Australians, you know, you can get a visa online in five minutes. You can jump on a plane, you'll be yes. in Saudi tomorrow if you want to do Umrah. Amen. That's right. There's nothing stopping anyone. That's right now, right. like the rules have changed completely. Yes. Yeah, it's no, the it's easiest, much easier, yes. It's the easiest thing to go and do Umrah, but who's making the call and who's putting the sacrifice, who's putting the budget. Yes. So subhanAllah, it's, uh, but back to your point, Annie, I Allah made, Allah. I, I will never forget because I remember subhanAllah, like, the certain moments in your, in your life that you remember very well. And one of them, I remember it was the, a good friend of mine told me, if you want something very bad, wake up at two in the morning and pray two rakah. 
That's it. Two and two, two and two. خيرهم الدنيا وما فيها. That's it. So you wake up at two and pray two rakahs and you know put your heart out and Allah will listen. And that was the time I was like, y'all, I want to go back. I want to see. I want. I want to see your house. I just want to go and do umrah. Allah and Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, like I made that dua and then COVID happened, so that yes, didn't help. That didn't help. But the minute that finished, Alhamdulillah, and I'll talk about sort of some of the business I'm doing now and call it success if you want. But uh, I've did five umrahs in the last 12 months. Allah Akbar. Alhamdulillah, every opportunity. I'm in the region. I just jump on a plane. The first thing I do, first order of business, land in Jeddah, go and do umrah and then do whatever else you want to do. Even if I have nothing to do in Saudi. Like yeah. I, one of the trips I had, I was actually not in Saudi. I was in Turkey and Egypt. But on my way, I made a stop over in Jeddah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Just go and so Allah, whenever you get an opportunity, go and do it. Um, so yes, so uh, moved to Australia in 2011, Christmas 2011, exactly. It was my wife uh, and I, at, at the time because I got divorced and remarried. And so my wife at the time, my 12, my my then one year old son uh, Noah, and then so three of us we came and that was it. Lakras moving to Australia, and we'll start a new journey here. Subhanallah and. Uh, Settling down at last. Settling down. Well, yes. Well, <laughs> having a base. Having a base. Having a base. Yeah, no settling for me. <laughs> the world is too big to settle in one place. I mean, uh, but uh, no, having a base, inshallah, which is Sydney. And then uh, back to my career, I guess, and back to the whole thing. All right, I love procurement. Procurement was my thing. It's like, you know what? I like procurement. I'll stick to it. Um, start applying for jobs. And I had this, again, back to my 2004 uh, imagination, uh, illusion, whatever you want to call it, of assuming, you know, I'm going to apply for jobs, I'm going to get heaps easily, you know, like, come on, I have all this amazing Do you know who I am? global experience. <laughs> yeah. Egyptian, work in Egypt, in Saudi, in Kuwait, all this exposure, experience. Uh, you don't have Australian experience. And I was like, what is the Australian experience? I was like, well, you don't have it. And I was like, what is it? So tell me, like, oh, you need to work here. And I was like, man, I have a global experience. I've worked, I had exposure to 200 million people, Buying things for them, royal family, workers, anything in between, all these demographics, all this experience truly means something. Subhanallah, it took me five months to get my first job. Wow. Applying, applying, applying. No, not less than 500 jobs applied for. And I got used to the... 500. And Ahmed, I would apply and you get that instant rejection. Yes. It's just like, come on, you haven't even, like, come on, you haven't even opened my, like, come on, man. It's like, they're waiting to press. Ahmed. Spot on. And I had so many different, you know, like meetings with coaches, career consultants, whether the government appointed or private, whatever it is. And they all kept telling me, just change some things in your resume. Change, you know, remove oh, no, nationality no. being, remove this. Like, no, that's who I am. And I know I'm speaking from a place, place of privilege uh, because I could wait because I know other people who couldn't wait and they had to change their name or had to change other things. Amen. So yes. I'm, not, I'm not taking away from, from their challenge uh, because a lot of people have to do that. Because, I, mean, I mean, yeah, 100%. Uh, because changing from Ahmed to Ahmed to... Arnold. Arnold. Changing just that name, subhanAllah, unfortunately, uh, it's a lot of bias. No, uh, and people will see that. And yes, it does, it does have an impact. It uh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Yeah, so I, I decided to stick to my... Uh, to guns. who I am and yeah, my guns. guns and uh, yeah it took me five months but then alhamdulillah and I had to take a step down in my career but I just wanted to stay in my career my procurement managed to get you know land my feet in alright here you go that's your Australian experience let's do it wow. I started working alhamdulillah and uh, I was in mining industry and I guess a, a bit of a, a segue here from there because my career goes into different I've done I've done grocery FMCG so fast moving consumer goods and then I've done mining 
<clears throat> from the mining back to sort of the, you know, like that grocery space and then from there into pharmaceuticals and then from pharmaceuticals to retail. Wow. So the focus here and, and everyone looks at the, the, my resume is like, does not make sense. And I was like, look, my focus is that I had an end goal. So subhanAllah, from back again from that uh, choice I made about which university to go to, I wanted that sort of freedom. And then with that freedom, I had an end goal. I want to have my own business. Uh, I couldn't do it in Egypt because of many, many reasons. I couldn't do it in Saudi because of other reasons, because you couldn't have your own business back then in Saudi. But coming to Australia, there's nothing stopping you from having your own business. Yeah, it takes five right. minutes to go and have set up your own ABN and start a business. <laughs> yes, so that's right. if, if I'm not going to do it, and that's what I tell people, like you don't understand the value of the Australian passport or the value of being, uh, you know, like an Australian resident. There's a lot of uh, wealth that comes with that, you know, because you can take that passport and you can go to any country. You can go to the airport and just jump on, on a plane to wherever you yeah. want to go. Mm. You don't have to worry about, you know, like applying for visas, getting rejected. Back at the time, I applied to go to the US and I got rejected. You know, my, after my second trip, you know, I went to Australia, came back 2005, I want to go to the US and I got rejected. That's it. It's that simple. You go and apply for a visa and they tell you no. Uh, when I was working in Australia, you know, like I would have a business trip. Hey, we need to go to Thailand. I was like, yeah, when do you want to go? I was like, oh, in two weeks time. I'm like, yeah, look, actually there's a there's a visa process for me and application. It takes me three months. So you guys go, I will join you next time. Uh, you, could, you can go. It's that simple. There is, there's a whole process. And for me, subhanAllah, I have, I have a mission of empowering myself and others. That's That's sort of my mission, my vision, whatever you want to call it, because Wow. And what I do in that space is, what is limiting me? Is what is limiting me a piece of paper that says I'm this or that, that was designed by someone else. I had no control over it just because I was born in a certain place. Yes. Not even that. I was born in a certain place, but my family had a piece of paper from somewhere else. I was born in Saudi, but I'm not a Saudi. Wow. Yeah. But because my parents, none of them were Saudi, so I cannot be a Saudi. Saudi so I'm Egyptian. Yes. It's a, it's a and, shame. And, 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 the, and the show goes on. Um, so if, if all what you guys want is a piece of paper, I'll get that piece of paper. Which, which piece of paper do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of my focus, is that empowering myself first. Identity. Uh, I want to empower myself so I can be in control. And that's sort of part as well of why the procurement journey, because I don't want to be on the selling side. I want to be on the one where the control is. Yeah. If I can make a control, especially in Australia as well, because at the end of it, being Ahmed, being Egyptian, being Muslim, and I'm in your face. I don't lie with my identity. I don't lie yeah. with who I am. I'm very clear this is who I am. So if I'm going in a meeting... Uh, and you want to have my, you know, my time, etc. Well, no, there is, there's an equal control there. So sitting down with suppliers, if you're going to throw your card to me, I'm not going to pick it up. I love, I'm old school. I always have go with my business cards and I exchange with both hands. I love the Asian way of doing it. Mm, it because yeah. there's a lot of respect when you, yes. when you meet with someone. So if you're not going to show me that same respect, uh, I'm not going to entertain it. And I I, if, I'm, if I'm in a different position, sometimes you are forced to, uh, accept that lack of respect. I mean, so what I've been focusing on is being in a position where I can control that environment in a way so I can maintain that respect for myself and for my religion, for who I am. Allah so that has been sort of my focus. That Well, that's one of them. And then the other one is that sort of journey of freedom. And when I say freedom for me, freedom means to me is control of my time and my money. How I spend my time and where I choose to spend that time and how I earn my money. Um, being an employee, you don't have control on either. Being an employee, you're bound by the Monday to Friday, nine to five, or whatever work arrangement you have. That's right. Uh, till you know, till before COVID, you had to be in an office location, whatever that office is. Things are a bit more fluid now. Yes. Um, so that's on on your time. You know, like if yeah. you want to take leave, you want to go work somewhere else. All this stuff, it's not an option you have. You're bound by your you know four weeks of leave, all of these different things. So that's controlling time, 
controlling money, like again, obviously with being an employee, there's security, you know what's coming, you know what's yeah. going, nice and beautiful, but there is no extras <laughs> you can do. Yeah. Um, so what I want is that freedom. That was my end goal. But for me, I realized to get there, there's a lot of work I need to do. Yeah. I need to prepare myself. And preparing myself is not about having a bit of savings here, a bit of this. I I went against all the uh, advice and guidance and all the, uh, <laughs> the the books of how to start a business. You should have six months savings. You should do one to three. No, I just jumped. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend that. Really uh, Normally, it's a calculated <laughs> risk. Let's just say it's calculated risk. Yes, yes. calculated risk. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, I take a different approach, uh, <laughs> but uh, subhanAllah. So my focus back then was building experience and building diversified experience. So uh, this is why I wanted to have all these different industries, all these different categories within the industries. So I go, I'm in procurement. I'm responsible on the buying. <clears throat> in the mining industry, I was buying steel, then buying chemicals. Then I moved from there into uh, into the grocery or the FMCG, the fast-moving consumer goods space. In the wow. beginning, I was buy, bu- buying packaging. Then um, I was buying, you know, like uh, operational stuff. Then I was involved in operational management and uh, looking at our manufacturing footprints across different countries and the best way of utilizing all of this stuff. Then I'm in pharmaceuticals and I was looking at buying uh, contract manufacturing and buying marketing stuff. And then next thing I was doing the same thing and subhanAllah I was doing it in other countries. So alhamdulillah. And, And all this journey is just me saying yes to opportunities. Yeah. Hey, Ahmed, we have uh, a vacancy in this role. Yes, I'll take it. Straight away, like they don't have to sell it to me. Whether it's a sideway move or a vertical move or an upward move, it was simply about, for me, acquiring more expertise, more knowledge, more experience. There is more money that's a plus, if not. Um, so the next thing, alhamdulillah, I was responsible for the procurement for Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Indonesia, Philippines, South Korea, a bit of Asia-Pacific experience, traveling around, getting to know all these different and that markets. was all for yourself? That was always as an employee. Oh, that was an employee. That's always an employee. So how, and who, who did you work for then? That company was GSK, GlaxoSmithKline, pharmaceutical company, Panadol, Sensodyne, vaccines. Wow. Wow. <coughs> what, a great, huge, what a great exposure. Huge company. It huge. is. It's a huge company. And I was based in Sydney looking after these markets, reporting into Singapore, reporting into UK, uh, having all these global teams and calls. And subhanAllah, then they saw my passion. They saw my passion for for learning, and they saw my passion for procurement. I, I love it. It's something I love, and the whole negotiation thing. So they started training me, and uh, so I got started. They invested trained. in you. They invested in me, hundred uh, percent, and they saw the returns. But I also <laughs> saw the returns personally as well, yes. because for me it was knowledge, and mm-hmm. knowledge is not something easy. And when someone is actually paying uh, for your knowledge for you, yes, that's, that's you, huge. You, you shouldn't say no. That's yeah, huge. That is but, huge. But Subhanallah, a lot of people were saying no. Yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. Yeah, because that opportunity that was given to me was given to the rest of my team. I said, yes, the others, subhanAllah, didn't. But I took it. And then they saw that. And then they said, you know what? We actually need to have a trainer based in the region. We cannot keep always flying people over or all these different things. We need someone to be based in the region. Ahmed, would you, would you be open to be trained to be the trainer? I was like, 100%. Wow. Next thing, I was on a plane to Singapore, and I had a full-on week of just being trained to be the trainer. So I then became the trainer for the region. And I started running all these different workshops and negotiation and training for the region. Uh, and I loved it. And then back to Sydney, and then there was another opportunity. Hey, the sales team is doing a negotiation course. It's a five-day intensive thing. There's one vacancy. Do you want to join? 100%. Next thing, I'm with them as well learning. So it's all or any opportunity that comes. If, if there's a learning aspect in it, I'll take it and straight away. It's, it's all that... I will need to empower myself with the tools that I need for my yeah. success. It's amazing. Like, subhanAllah, it's not only that. It's that... The glove exists 
and the hand needs to be there. And sometimes they both got to be there. And, <clears> as, and as I say always, subhanAllah, if your focus is wanting that glove, the glove will be there waiting for you. But many, so, many are not even looking for that glove. It doesn't even exist in their sort of focus. And they never see that growth or that, that opportunity to put on that new glove no. or that new hat. I go in, do my thing and leave and that's it. And, and that's it. They're, on they're, on in the, yeah. they're in that, you know, that's it. From here yeah. to there, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm at. And that's it. You yeah. need to plan. And again, you need to plan for both things, obviously. And I love that saying, uh, plan for your life as if you live forever Amen. and plan for your afterlife as you die tomorrow. Amen. So you need to love always prepare and plan for both of them. <clears throat> so mine was that empowering journey, uh, learning, learning, learning whenever there's an opportunity. But another part of it is also learning for what I want to be. Yeah. Because one thing for learning for now, what do I want? So that vision I have, yeah. I want to have my own business. A long-term vision. A long-term. Yeah. Yes. You can see it. 100%. You, you yeah. can see the That's future. That's there. I don't know when, but it's not It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I need to prepare myself for this. What else do I need? So, all right, I need to have more executive learning. So I went and did the uh, like executive directorship course, how to be a director, so how to speak the language of directors first, and then how to be a director on my yeah. own. Uh and the, the the journey keeps on going. Last thing I was working for uh, Woolies, uh, oh, wow. and then Subhanallah, looking you know as a team looking after the supply chain of Woolies. It's a two billion dollar business on its own. Wow, uh, amazing experience. And then we did the beautiful COVID experience as well. So all the toilet paper, the ad hoc supplies. <laughs> Oh, wow, you were, you were working yes, for we, Woolies. We were part of that team, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. And, and, and subhanAllah, while people were getting, you know, like unfortunately losing their jobs, we were doing 10 hours a day, six, seven days a week. We had meetings on Saturdays and Sundays discussing toilet papers. Allah, yeah. Allah. Alhamdulillah. That was anarchy. That was subhanAllah. It just the choice of anything out of all the products, toilet paper, like why? It's, it's, it's made in Australia. Your back end, what, what was the sanity behind it? I, it I, I had family members in Lebanon calling me, are you guys crazy? <laughs> Why are you stockpiling toilet paper? Like, you know, we're coming from a war to country, civil war, yeah. <laughs> some yeah. canned foods maybe, <laughs> some tuna. Exactly. <laughs> Just, uh, was that a shock to you guys? It was a shock to everyone. What happened is basically it was more than the Christmas ordering that had overnight. For Christmas, you prepare. You have two months to prepare, you know, like your stock, your replenishment and everything. There is no problem of producing toilet paper in Australia. So I don't know who created this. I would love to know who created this rumor. That, you know, like there is there is a shortage of toilet paper because there wasn't. What happened was simply people just way over ordered. People had like garage fulls oh, of yeah. toilet paper and stuff. There was no need. Subhanallah. Uh, what happened, the whole pandemic buying that happened and all that sort of impulse buying, whatever you want to call it, panic buying, or just simply people stocking. And from a supply chain perspective, what they have done is, you know, like they took two months worth of stock in two days. Yes. And there is a cycle. Yes, there's and production, you just yeah. have to wait. Yeah. There, there's a cycle for everything. There's ingredients, then there's the manufacturing, then there's the packing over, then the logistics. So it just that's what happened. But this happened globally. It happened globally. Again, certain things you'd understand. Maybe things you know, like there will be a shortage if you are importing something and there's going to be a, you know delays in supply chain, there's no travel, whatever it is. But in Australia, we're quite blessed. We do a lot of things in the country. We make a lot of things and a lot of products here. We have a lot wow. of ingredients and raw materials Yes, we rely on other countries, uh, you know, like China and others on for a lot of things that are sort of the cheaper ends of things. But there's a lot of production and manufacturing and everything here. Uh, and oh, most wow. of the things that were actually out of stock were local made stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, that was a whole uh, drama and, and nightmare and experience. Because yeah, growth, of it, 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 
It is growth, but sometimes some of the growth is unnecessary. <laughs> you don't need that. But again, it was an experience and putting it on your CV. And again, back to, I guess, supply chain in a way quickly is that whenever you're looking at setting up anything, whether it's business or whether you're doing supply chain or anything or any business, whether it's yours or, 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 or as an employee, what is your worst case scenario? Bit of a contingency planning. You do a lot of all these beautiful exercises and you rarely test them. Yes. That was a moment of testing. All the contingency plans were tested. So you knew what works and what doesn't work. You know, like, okay, the supplier, yep, we can rely on them. They're good. These ones. So what happened during that whole COVID time is uh, most, if not all of this, you know, like uh, contingency planning, all of your worst case scenarios, all your plan Bs and Cs and Ds, they got tested. We we said that, subhanAllah, not only did your supply chain, your staffing, your loyal staffing. Everything. Everything got tested to, to sift yeah, as they say, the yeah. you know the true believers from the from the that time. Even if you look at it from a faith perspective, everyone was tested. These two years were the years of testing. Yeah. A bit of a cleansing was happening. Yes, yes. Amen, amen, yeah. and Subhanallah, like that cleansing was on a personal level, on a professional level, on a growth level, on every on every level. Yes, and back into that point of choice we spoke about before, you have a choice to make. Yes, you know, like yeah. again, some people are more privileged than others, but there's a choice to be made here. Where do you want to be? You know, like all Allah. that circles of friends and gatherings and going out and yes. and for me, travel, see my family in Egypt. All as if everything no. was put on hold. Allah. No. So. Like, we shifted our business within a month yeah. from like we 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 completely never wanted to introduce online. Like we were in the process of building it, yes. but we were just saying, you know, alhamdulillah, we're so busy. Yes. People are coming to our stores they, they, now. No Uber. We refused to get onto Uber. Yes. yes. And subhanAllah, and then within a month, we were, as soon as, as soon as yeah. the, the pandemic hit, we saw that coming in January. Yeah. Like end of December, January. Yes. And I go, Uber, we need to be online. And subhanAllah, we built our own delivery platform, yes. our own system and our own drivers. Yeah. We and refused to give our client to Uber. Because they were taking a huge power. margin. We understood yes. the power of that client. Because we couldn't market to them. Yes. So you know, they own the product. They own everything. And they own everything. And they, if we want to market to, the, to our customer, we can't. We can't. So we said, we want to own our customer. So we built our own system. Yeah. And you can imagine for only a two-store business to have its own delivery platform, our own driver system. In two in, months. Into, integrated all with an app and everything and, and online, working. And be online and also market strategy to market it to everyone who was aware. Allahu yeah. Akbar, the amount of sales we did online, we, sh- we skewed our business completely. Yeah, we saved our business. Really. We saved our business. But again, I saw that the first thing I saw when I came into this office is on your uh, call it what your your your, uh, your objectives or your uh, values adapt values. adapt, adapt. Yeah. you have to adapt in yes. any uh, on a personal level you have to adapt on a professional level you have to adapt if you don't so, then there's no other way there's no other way but even like even then like we we know a lot of successful restaurants in Lagoon Street is yes. like the death fourth generation Italian restaurants and you know they're in their 60s 70s you know they they said well what for they're at that age where yeah. why that? Why change my business now? Man? Now I don't need to. I've, I've re- yeah. I'm semi-retired anyway. Yes, I'm out. I'm out. You know, that kind of mentality mm. too. So it's interesting how, depending on where you are in your life, yes, you can make those choices. You know, I think it's two things: is one is where you are in your life, but also your personality. Yes, I, I, I've seen a lot of people. Doesn't matter how old they are, they're fighters. There's a drive. Yeah, yeah there is yeah. something inside. There's a bit yeah. of a fire, yeah, and, and that yeah. fire is where the adapt comes <laughs> yeah, in. It's like you know what? There's a will, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, I will make yeah, this yeah. work. <laughs> I can see that in both of you, mashallah. <laughs> May Allah keep that fire <laughs> and, and use it in the best way. But yeah, so I saw that, and I saw that sort of testing point, and people. 
adapted and people didn't. And then you look after the pandemic, you have the pre and post yes. pandemic, mm-hmm. and you can see who, who those who adapted, they thrived afterwards. I mean, and those who didn't uh, struggled, and some of them are still struggling. Yeah, 100%. Um, I took a different approach. It's like, you know what? Yalla. Uh, <laughs> all these things are happening. Might as well, you know, that dream of starting my own business. Let's do it now. What What's worse can happen Mustafa's more than COVID? Scenario. You know, like I'm already stuck. It's COVID. It's all this stuff. Bismillah. Uh, and back about planning. Uh, there's a lot of personal things were happening back then. So unfortunately, things, you know, were not uh, going well with my with my my wife at the time. So we ended up being divorced. Love, uh, had two beautiful boys at the time. Tried to make it as amicable as possible. Alhamdulillah, it is. Uh, and we kept sort of friendly relationships. And I still oh, uh, see my boys every other so day. This is your second marriage? First, so the first oh, one, first, unfortunately, got, yeah, oh, that okay. uh, didn't uh, work out. So okay. a bit of a... Uh, not easy. The breakups are always hard. It's not. And uh, But sometimes, subhanAllah, you realize, you know, like you keep, you keep fighting, keep pushing, trying to keep things. But then, you know what? Uh, maybe it's better that uh, separate and look at ways of making that, you know, amicable and work. Amen, amen. Uh, sometimes, you know, like in, you know, relationships go in phases. And yeah. sometimes, amen, amen. and subhanAllah, back that phase or that stage in my life started to get me more and more mindful of how we do things and why we're doing things and how all these different things. And a big part of it is coming to a realization. Sometimes we keep pushing for things to last forever. Sometimes they're not meant to. And Mm. sometimes, you know, a certain person, uh, they have a role to play in your life and in your journey. And that role is timed. It's not not, not there for you from when you were born till you die. Sometimes you meet someone in in your life and their impact is that just one meeting. Sometimes it's more. So subhanAllah, like he... The more you become mindful of that, and again, mashallah, all you know, the two of you and myself, we're people's persons, so you see that interactions. Yes. Every opportunity you get to talk with someone, take it. You never know what impact might have, I mean, whether on your life or their life. Yes. Uh, and back to that point, you know, like sometimes they're not meant to have an impact in your life more than that one meeting. You know, or in this case, was the yeah. years we had. So, subhanAllah. There is some, unfortunately, sometimes there is a, a use-by date. Alhamdulillah. Not only in like, you know, those kind of relationships, even our own friendships, you know. Like, exactly. You know, exactly. We, you know, I've had exactly. friendships, you know, and they had their use-by date. So alhamdulillah, you know, mm. we've, we've had friends that just... When and, you, and sometimes just, it, it's like you said, nothing really just drift apart. It's just a drift, you know what I mean? Visions, different visions, different... Yeah. different. I, I believe everyone has a role to play in your life. 100%. And sometimes that role is finished. Sometimes you've outgrown them or they outgrown you yeah. or that relationship is no longer, you know, adding value to, to mm. either of you or both of you. So subhanAllah, and it just as human beings, we we sometimes resist that. Yes. 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 No, no, I'm not going to let yes. go of this, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is. Uh, and sometimes we we try to stay and stick to it, but yeah. we realize that, you know, by doing that, you're actually, you know, harming yourself and the other yeah. person sometimes. SubhanAllah, on that, <laughs> I had a friend uh, he, uh, which... I mentored and supported then. He was, in, subhanAllah, best friends since high school. One was very successful, one wasn't. Mm. And he, they're best friends since since high school, you can imagine. Yes. And um, he was really struggling to keep the relationship with his best friend because two different lifestyles. Mm. And it ended up being handouts from his best friend. He, he didn't mind whenever they went on trip, yes. he'd pay for the accommodation, he'd pay for the flights where it became a struggle where he's trying to keep up with him, mm. breaking his back. He's a, two, two different rizks. Yeah. So he, he, we came to a realization that he had to let go of that friendship to keep the marriage because oh. because it's costing, because him. It's costing yeah. him. His wife would go to her house, see the Versace bags, the great, you know, and he couldn't afford it. It wasn't his rizq. Yes. And his kids, same. So it's like 
this is breaking my back. Yes. I've got to make a choice. Let go of one of my closest friends that I've loved. So he made a conscious decision, no more family yes. uh, mixture, but as my best we'll friend. We'll keep it because we can control it. But uh, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SubhanAllah. So part of that journey, it what, is. the reason yeah. why he said that, SubhanAllah, how much it can affect your life without realizing. It does. And, and SubhanAllah, sometimes you, you should do the other way around as well. You know, like maybe I should put some boundaries, yes. you know, just because like, yes, alhamdulillah, like, you know, that person is doing a great job, mashallah. And again, obviously, great job can be defined in so many ways. Yes, uh, yes, yes. yes, a lot of us look at the financial part of it, but there's much more than that. 100%. Um, but in this case, sometimes, you know, just for their own sake as well and their family, as you're saying. But uh, subhanAllah, so yes, so that was a whole another sort of uh, moment uh, of, of being mindful and trying to, again, uh, another choice to make and what will be the next steps and how you do, what decisions you will, you will do and... Uh, Oh, and my love. focus again was myself. How old? Were you, how old were you then? Uh, how old am I now? I'm 38 now. That was what four years ago. So yeah, around oh, 34. 34. Yeah. Big yes. decision. Yes. Yes. Huge. Yes. Huge. Yeah. That's when you, and that's when you started your business as well. Uh, after that, after so that. Uh, we got divorced just before COVID, uh, oh, unfortunately, and we had two boys. So again, my focus was the boys, obviously, at the time, and myself. Try to be in a healthy space. So my focus again back then was again that happened. It is what it is. Wow. Next journey is focusing on myself again to, to get to know myself more first before doing anything else. So a bit of, uh, you know, like self-reflection. Uh, well, for me, again, it's about that being mindful and what do I need to do? So I'm a very practical person. I like to put things in that space. It's like, all right, I need to see a psychologist on a regular basis. So that's sort of my mental health. I need to live somewhere next to the mosque to focus on my spiritual, uh, I guess, Hello. space. Back to the gym, bring back my, my physical and then work-wise, all right, what's there? So that's sort of like, I look at it from that holistic perspective. Wow, so quite Allah. practical in a way in terms of like, all right, action-oriented. <laughs> like one, two, three, done, done, done. So alhamdulillah, that was my approach. It's amazing. It. Beautiful. Uh, look, it's not easy, but again, it's just finding the focus and finding a way. Like, you know, that finished that, that, that chapter in my life. Uh, but there are two beautiful boys that came out of this and I need to stay in their life. I'm not going to be with someone. Yeah, subhanAllah. What, what beautiful, like the, the, the process you take. That, that you know, subhanAllah, how much like I talk with so many brothers, the, the mental health, the mental health yes, that we go yes. through as, as men. That mm. they everyone thinks men are strong. What, what do you mean? You, you're going to go through a breakdown, you need a psychologist, and like, and it's like a, it's like a stigma thing, you know. What I mean? It is, you know, men, yeah. women need that kind of stuff, men don't. Mm. And subhanAllah, we're tough, no we're crying, tough, no you know? <laughs> subhanAllah, you know, and you took the whole process, you got you know, you, you got the support that you needed, yes. you, you know, you looked after yourself, you went into exercise mode. Of course, the action base. You know, these are the Islam, keys. Islam, Iman, Islam. Subhanallah. And that's yes. Islam. This, this is the process. The three. You know? the three. Yes. Islam is action. Imam is. is your, you know, your belief structure. And Ihsan is your, your inner, yeah. inner worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know yeah. what I mean? So when you take those practices, you're 100% guaranteed. You know? Well, alhamdulillah. Yeah. It's, it's, again, look, for me, it's very simple. There's a formula. And then if you follow the formula, you know, success or, or results are guaranteed. <laughs> That's exactly. Uh, we, we all know it now. <laughs> hundreds, sometimes, hundreds. We, we, sometimes we cheat, sometimes we, take, we, we try to take shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to take the shortcut and to cheat, on, cheat on, but a formula is there. It, it works. Yeah. Just use it. But subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanAllah. So, uh, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Yeah, so that, that was that journey at that time. I was still working for Willis then. And then subhanAllah, uh, I met another person, my, my wife now. Um, and subhanAllah, you know, I saw beautiful qualities in her and we decided to get married. And we did. And Allah. subhanAllah, we got married in uh, in February 2020. What is it? 2020? Yes. yes. February 2020. <laughs> <laughs> February 2020. March 2020 was COVID. So <laughs> we get married. Good go, honeymoon. Go down. <laughs> Forced honeymoon. <laughs> now you're stuck. Uh, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Well, look, it, it, you know, like you, 
COVID, uh, and especially in the beginning of COVID when everyone was, and you guys in Melbourne, you, you copped it hard, you yeah. know, when, when everyone was uh, sort of forced uh, in a way, it was testing every relationship. Yes. You know? And oh, we yeah. just got married. They're like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah. It was, uh, it was a testing time, obviously, but alhamdulillah, it just got us stronger and, 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 and bonded us more. Amazing. Alhamdulillah. And then Quality we, time. And then I said, you know what, let's test that relationship more. So in November 2020, I resigned and left Willis. It's like, that's wow. it. Bismillah. Well, again, back to the point about calculated risk, you know, and I highly recommend everyone before you decide to make this jump, make sure that you do your calculated risk, you have enough savings on the side, all these different things. Yes. Don't do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> because I, um, you know, like I, I've been itching uh, in 2020 to do my own business. I didn't know what that would be and all this COVID time. And I'm, I'm not someone who can be restricted. So COVID restricted me a lot. I mm. couldn't travel. I couldn't go. I used to be on a plane once a month somewhere, whether a domestic or international. Uh, couldn't see my, I can't see my family. I couldn't even leave my suburb to see my friends. Yes. Um, so oh. all these restrictions were just limiting me. And that's not me. You know, I'm not that person. So I was just eager and itching to do something else. I need oh, that freedom back again. So subhanAllah, I met some people at the time and we were talking and we just like, you know what, let's do something. Uh, five of us came together and let's start a business. We will do an end-to-end -end retail consultancy uh, from marketing. One one guy had had a marketing agency. The other guy had a logistics business. The other two guys were in sales. I was in procurement. Let's do a retail consultancy, helping oh. Australian businesses, you know, get the products right and get it on the shelf, create new products from scratch, all these beautiful ideas. We started the business officially in July 2020. I resigned in November 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, let's do it. Uh, and there was no money coming yet in the business, but I still, let's do it. So you went a five-way partnership? Five-way partnership. Allah Akbar, that's, that's, that's difficult. Oh, yeah, and it collapsed in January 2021. <laughs> 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 two is hard, five is, oh, my God. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. So, and, and, and people were telling me, Ahmed, don't do partnership and don't do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, It'll work. Okay, yes, yes, like it will work. Uh, and subhanAllah, you know, like you do Allah these Akbar. things, obviously you have the right intentions in a way, but I was chasing money. And just, this is what I want to do. I want to do something different. I want to start that business. And I went full in, you know, and, and I jumped. And even my partners at that time, they were telling me, don't resign yet. Just stay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just had enough. Uh, you dived in, mate. That's it. So, uh, yeah, we started that partnership officially in July 2020. I resigned and, and started with them in November 2020. And then, subhanAllah, by, by Christmas time, 2020, so within a couple of months, you know, like, I started feeling something is wrong with the partnership. You know, dynamics are changing, things are not where they were, and and then I got a call from one of them, like, hey, maybe maybe just leave. Uh, we're taking a different direction. SubhanAllah. Yes, yes. So, uh, anyway, subhanAllah, the, uh, that partnership didn't work out, and... Uh, so yeah, subhanAllah, all these dreams and all these plans and all these hopes. And obviously, again, uh, I had, uh, you know, a lot of financial commitments, so that didn't go anywhere. You're, you're uh, you know, when you're doing any business, you have revenues and you have expenses. Yes. <laughs> expenses don't, uh, don't stop. They don't stop. Don't stop. The revenue you know? stops, the expenses keep going. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay, uh, what's the plan here? So uh, January 2021, uh, that partnership came to a collapse first week of January on, on a Thursday. Uh, I remember, oh. I remember it very well. And subhanAllah, I was running my own business on the Monday. But that's it. I have to, I have to run. Uh, so on the Monday, I started my own. I'm doing my own business. I'm doing my own consultancy. Bismillah. Uh, and I did the decision. I'm not going to call any of the clients that I broke. I brought all, I actually brought this partnership together. SubhanAllah. And I brought all the clients to this partnership as well. And I was like, I'm not going to call any of them. I'm starting my own. And SubhanAllah, every client I brought to this partnership, they called me and they came to me. SubhanAllah. The minute they knew 
that I'm no longer there, they all called me. Subhanallah. So alhamdulillah, I didn't chase any of them, uh, but they all called and they all came. Who was that? It, it is. But not only that, reputation. Reputation precedes that, mate. Yeah, and that reputation, that's, uh, some of these youth don't understand that the reputation of somebody will always support you. It is. Long term. I've been up so many it, different it Subhanallah, yani. I've started officially being on my own or doing my own businesses from November 2020. And we're now, we're what, in June 2023. I haven't done a single sales or a marketing campaign for my business or businesses. Not a single oh, one. No. No, I don't. It's all 80%, 80% of most business is word of mouth, yeah. undoubtedly. Even like we we track all our data for burgers yes. in all our businesses. And subhanAllah, we can tell if we're not doing well, it's because our referral is not working. So whenever you see a referral dropping, it means something's wrong in your business. Yes. yes. And that's the key. People are not talking and, about you. And, and, and yes, mar- yes, marketing yes, itself yes. only can bring up to 5% to your business. Max. Um, you can't bring more. People think that marketing can bring you. It's wrong. 80, 85% wow. is your word of mouth. The rest is marketing. And you spend so much your money believers. to bring back the customers. Mm-hmm. You spend so much money bringing back those customers that you lost through marketing because you did the wrong thing. Yes. But it's easier to by then. Yeah. <laughs> and it costs you a lot of money. Yeah. And sometimes you can bring them back through marketing, subhanAllah. But, yeah. but 85% are. SubhanAllah, are, are subhanAllah, people that are talking about you. So my focus was on reputation. My focus was on my personal branding. That's that's my thing. SubhanAllah. Like, yep, I'm going to go back into it. I have, alhamdulillah, very good experience in procurement and supply chain. So I'll do a bit of a consultancy in that space. I have that experience as well with the Willys and retail space. I'll do consultancy oh, in no. there. And SubhanAllah, that started having two businesses. One is a retail consultancy. Uh, and that took a whole new journey on its own. And the other one is uh, is a supply chain procurement consultancy. So this is the two things. And subhanAllah, it came to a point where I was turning people down because I just didn't have enough capacity. Wow. Um, and then wow. that retail business, alhamdulillah, that started supporting Australian brands to get on the shelf in Australia. And then COVID, finally restrictions finished and travel was opened again. And I was like, you know what? We're back to my value add. And my focus in everything I do, whether it's personal or, or business, is value add. What value am I adding here? Because if I'm not adding value, then I can be replaced or people will just not continue working. They might do it for a bit just out of respect or loyalty or friendship, whatever it is, but it's not sustainable. So my focus is always on that value add. It's like, you know what? I've lived for a good 15, 16 years in the Middle East. I know a lot of people there. I speak the language. Let's let's go back there and see what what can I do there. Obviously, a big part of it was a personal reason. I wanted to be closer there. I want to see, I want to be able to go and do Umrah, uh, you know, and also I want to uh, see my family. So that's so. These were the two key drivers, and obviously, then there's a business element on top of that. It's like, all right, let's uh, let's make that work and support each other. Wow. So, Hamza, we started doing export, uh, and then <coughs> through the export, again, my my uh, and Ahmed and I were talking in the beginning about motto for the business. My motto is we grow together. I put it on everything I do, all of my, uh, you know, like yeah, uh, business material, marketing material stuff. Is we grow together. That's my focus. You know, hand in hand, we grow together. I'm an extension of your business. How oh, can we work yeah. together? And. Um, it's a great value. Money will come. 100%. Don't chase money. Uh, money yeah. will come if you if people see that value that you bring. 100%. Um, alhamdulillah, and that sort of these two businesses are growing very well. And now I need to go and hire and and and, and retain and bring people and then scale up the business. Maybe I need to get some coaching from yourselves <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> I know I do. Trust me, I do. <laughs> I've, I've, alhamdulillah, like Allah has blessed me, uh, and I. Try to believe that's because I've always had the right intentions. But again, that being said, right intentions are great, but they can only take you so far. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, at a certain stage or a certain level, you need to get that guidance. Uh, you need a, you need a coach, you need a mentor. Yes. You need yeah. people it's to help. What we were you. talking about this morning. Yeah. So, so, so important. important. Mentorship is such a key. You know, yeah, it just yeah. elevates it. 
projects so much further than you can even think. Sometimes people see things in you that you can never see in yourself. 100%. And then they show you and then subhanAllah, once you see that, you start running. And I'll never forget subhanAllah, like one, he's now a good friend and, and, and I, he is my mentor. I tell him that all the time. Two years ago, I went there. I, I, I like what he was doing. I saw him on LinkedIn, sent him a, a, a connection invitation thing. He accepted it. I wanted to meet with him and I went and I met with him. He gave me an hour of his time. Uh, and then I went there again with a business proposal, you know, like I wanted to look after his business and grow something for him. And he just kept knocking me back. And then I asked him one time, just a serious, like, why do you keep saying no? He's like, Ahmed, you're not focused enough. And I was like, what do you mean? And uh, and uh, and subhanAllah, at that time, that was after that failed partnership and me starting. Obviously, at that stage, expenses are not going anywhere. So you're hustling mm-hmm. because I needed to bring revenue from anywhere I can. So I was not focused. I was chasing oh, wow. every opportunity that come my yeah, way because yeah. I'm just trying to bring in money. I have bills to pay. That, is that simple? You have yeah, bills to pay? Uh, and that's what I'd say. A mentor, <laughs> he brings this. Yes. You know what I mean? He brings that. And, and as I say, the only way you're going to cut is if you're as sharp as a laser. Oh, God, he was. Oh God, <laughs> he, and it, it went through straight to my heart. And I, I, I will never forget that. It was one, uh, one night like, what? No. How is he saying this to me? I'm focused. <laughs> and then, you know, you have that change process. The first thing is denial, is, is why, no, rejection, denial, and then acceptance, and then you embrace it. Uh, Alhamdulillah, yeah. what, I've, what I've tried to do is to go through this change process quickly. You know, like instead of going years on it, I just go, you know, hours or days. You would have had, you would have had a lot of experience with, you know, the yeah. stuff that you've done previously would have helped you mm. navigate that inshallah yes. and, and the subhanallah that comes yeah. that's, that's not for free you know what yeah. I mean? then the hard work even comes back with a situation with us we you know a close friend supplier of meat goods you know we grew our business grew uh his business didn't grow in the same capacity mm. we had a we had a fallout we stopped using him and subhanallah when we were talking maybe 10 years afterwards he said oh. the worst moment was losing good brothers like yourself but it was also the best moment because it changed my business and I understood that I had to separate my wholesale and my mm. retail. Yeah. It, it's just, it's amazing how good advice from good brothers it does. changes your... And, and he did. And that, because at that time, again, like, yes, one side I was hustling because I needed to get the money, but I was not hustling the right way. I was chasing something in real estate here, something in, you know, like in retail there, something in, in this there. and consult- So I was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and he could see it. And be having that sort of, mashallah, that experience and that laser focus, he could see it. And he told me. But then on the other side, it takes two people for the mentoring thing, the mentor and the mentee. Yeah. The mentee needs to listen. Mm. needs to actively listen and understand and actually apply this advice. Yes. Uh, and for me, like, yes, you're right. And subhanAllah, we were talking last week and he was telling me, Ahmed, I'm very glad that you took the advice and you followed through. Uh, and that's what you have to do. So yes, I'm focusing. So my focus is on that sort of retail space. I do a bit of consultancy because I love it. it just uh, I have a passion in that space uh, of helping others grow. Um, and a key part of all of this journey is giving back. Yes. Because uh, it's one thing, Alhamdulillah, to do all of these beautiful things, but you get that satisfaction from giving back and seeing Amen. others grow. Amen. Um, and that's why, alhamdulillah, like again, and back to my point before about you want to give back or you want to add value. or So we want to give back what you're actually adding value. It's beautiful to go and do a volunteer and extra set of hands. But are you doing the best, as a, as a, call it a charity or giving back, yeah, or yeah. can you do something a bit more meaningful? Yeah. I tell people, it's amazing to be a good tree, but what kind of apples are you producing? Yes, yes. Are the fruit good? Are they great apples? Yes. Are they... Are they apples that are wholesome and, and giving and, yes. you know, and mm. full of full of energy and full of life? Or are they dead apples or not even existing apples? You know oh, what I mean? Subhanallah. And, and, and that's the truth. When you give, 
Yes. Subhanallah. And when you're doing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's from the heart and it's from your soul, these so, apples nourish, they, they, they fulfill. Do. They do. Alhamdulillah. So I, again, wanting to give back. Like, how do I give back? What is the best way of giving back? And so I started giving back in two, by doing two things. One is um, is basically a job readiness training. Nice. How to how to write a resume. I have experience in that space. <laughs> uh, how 50, to, 50 jobs. Uh, 500. 500, sorry. 500 plus. Uh, how to apply for jobs Hello, and how to do interviews. Hello, so, uh, and I started doing it, alhamdulillah, with a lot of, sort of refugees, asylum seekers, seekers oh, people from the sort of the culture uh, and language diversity. It's awesome. Uh, disadvantaged. And it's all free of charge. It's just something I'm doing. You know, like just, uh, again, a way of giving back. And, and wallahi, the best thing, and back to the point of, you know, like uh, success. What is success? For me, success is when someone gives you a call and say thank you. Like, alhamdulillah, I got a job. Uh, I had a lady. I had a lady was referred to me once by by the police actually because she was in a domestic uh, relationship. Sorry, it was in a, a domestic violence relationship. She ended up being separated, and she has not worked for the last thirteen years. Wow. Sat down with her. We built a resume from scratch, and subhanallah, she got a job. And having wow. that independence and that sort of financial freedom. This is the this is what this is what makes wow, you happy. Yeah. Uh, so that was one thing, and then the other one is my passion for negotiation. It's like I have to do something with that. Alhamdulillah, I've been trained significantly, and have plenty of material. So um, a beautiful friend of mine, uh, he came to me. He's like, look, why don't you put something together and train us, uh, business owners and aspiring, you know, like people in business, whatever it is. So I put something together. It's the art of negotiation. It's a, it's a nice two three hour workshop, nice. and what it is just helps people how to negotiate. So, you know, like it's just giving a bit of a structure. And I called it the art of negotiation because there is an art. The what and the why, we all know them, mm. is the how. Yeah. And that's back at the beauty of Islam, talking about Ihsan. Yeah. For me, Ihsan is the how. Yeah, is that sort of extra piece, extra, you know, like, yes. is that, uh, that excellence. you know. Excellence. It's excellence, yes. That's what we call it, we call it the excellence. Yeah, so that's why I call it the art of negotiation. Is that Ihsan in, in, in how we do things, you know, like, and, yeah, and applying yeah, yeah. it. And that's my giving back, alhamdulillah. Allahumma barik. So yeah, so that's uh, that's sort of my journey so far. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Now, now you're doing some delegation work. You're taking groups of brothers uh, and sisters. Uh, well, it's back around. to the whole empowering thing. You know, like Subhanallah. Like I did. So Alhamdulillah, I've been going now quite often. I'm I'm pretty much traveling every other month. Every two to three months, I'm in the region in the Middle East, trying to obviously grow business. It's a relationship based market over there. So you need to be, you know, with them and in their faces and try to foster and grow business. But then I realized, like, subhanAllah, I'm doing all these trips by myself. Why not take people with me and show them? Uh, Opportunities. Exactly. And the best way to, you know, like, telling people about it is, like, show them, yeah. you know. And what I did, subhanAllah, so I went there on a trip in February this year, uh, uh, Saudi, Emirates, and Qatar. And I took two people with me. Just come. Come with me. And I'm, I didn't charge them anything. Just come. You pay your expenses, but come. Uh, just join. So one of them was a Muslim brother as well. So he came with me to Mecca first. We did Umrah together. And then we had the meeting in Jeddah with another business. And then we caught up with the other guy in Riyadh. And we had the whole experience together. Riyadh, Dubai, and then Doha and Qatar. Just going to the meetings together. Obviously, there is a value for them. And it's the industry they're looking for. And then, subhanAllah, I'm looking doing this as, a, as an ongoing thing. I'm going to the region anyway. I'm going there. I have some work to do. Why not take a couple of brothers or a couple of people anyway with me? So then, you know, there's an opportunity there for them. Happy to facilitate, you know, like yes. open the doors for them, show them some opportunities. Um, and I'm not doing anything, you know, extra. It's just simply come with me. We'll organize wow. some meetings with the people I know. It's all about the network we have and we grow together. If there's something yeah. in it for me financially, khair. if not, it's good to see someone else, you know, wow. like opening the door for them. And, you know, and uh, alhamdulillah. Like, much uh, barakah. There is a lot of barakah. And, uh, <clears throat> and subhanAllah, like again, 
I start with, with, with Umrah first. Unfortunately, this trip, I'm going, inshallah, next week. I cannot do Umrah because it's Hajj time, so it's a bit uh, restricted. Uh, yeah. We can we can do it, but uh, inshallah khair. But Allah usually, Allah. again, I always try to take someone with me. Just take someone, you know, like Allah. share the experience Allah. with someone. Alhamdulillah. Allah, Allah, Allah. 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 And now we're, we're sung for time because I know you got a plane, t- a plane to catch. Within. I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to the airport within 10, 20 minutes, inshallah. inshallah. So inshallah, we, we'll wrap it up. Jazakallah uh, khair. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Beautiful story, an amazing journey. Inshallah, there's benefit from it for our brothers and sisters that are listening. Uh, how, how can you help? So how could you sort of wrap it up and tell us, like, how can people find you if they need some negotiation work? And I know you do some great negotiation yeah. workshops. So if anyone's looking at some negotiation workshop, how could they find you? LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn is the best way. Ahmed Abu Shabana. Uh, I don't we'll, know much Ahmed Abu Shabana. Yeah, inshallah, we'll, 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 put, we'll put the link, inshallah, yes. on, on, yeah. on the podcast. Look, LinkedIn, inshallah. alhamdulillah, quite active on it. And I don't have any other social media. And inshallah, <laughs> anybody who's also interested in uh, doing a Saudi delegate, like an in international delegation, inshallah, they can reach out to you as well. Please. All yes. that work, inshallah, and may Allah bless you. And Jazakallah khair. Thank you for going for a trip. Yeah, I would inshallah. love to. My, my pleasure, inshallah. Umrah yeah, first. 100% <laughs> have to be. Have to be. <laughs> first landing <laughs> is Jeddah, off for Umrah, and then, uh, and then, and then we'll see how we go. How we and go. then we'll take the dunya on. That's it. There's always barakah once you do that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yes. And thank you very much for your time in here. No, no, it uh, was all last minute, and we got it all together. You know, yeah, no, flying in and out, bang. We got you. I love Thank you. No, may Allah reward you for this and for this opportunity. SubhanAllah, we were talking, Ahmad, you and I, yesterday about just coming and having a dinner together. SubhanAllah, we did a podcast. <laughs> may Allah put barakah in it and may Allah benefit ameen, us ameen. and others from ameen, it, inshallah. Ameen. Ameen. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.